The Forum at 8 on SAFM. The Passenger Rail Agency of South Africa, PRASA, will overhaul and upgrade its passenger services at a cost of 170 billion rands. The project will see PRASA gradually replace its current outdated train fleet with 7,224 modern coaches over a period of 24 years. Now, currently, the biggest concern for passengers is no longer crime, but improved on-time performance and regular Disruptions of the current system impacted negatively on the quality of rail services, reliability of operations and financial performance. On the Forum at 8 this morning, we are asking you, what is the future of our passenger rail system in South Africa? And the lines are open 891 You can also SMS us on 34701, tweet or Facebook at AM Live on SAFM or at Sakina Kamwendo. And joining us now is Mr. Lucky Montana, who is the CEO of the Passenger Rail Agency of South Africa, PRASA. Lucky, thanks so much for coming in. Morning, Sakin, and morning to your listeners. Now, um, interestingly, uh, in uh, the intro there, it says that the biggest concern for passengers is no longer crime which was for the longest time, you know, um, one of the running themes when you spoke about passenger rail. But it says the problem now, the most concerning problem for uh, passenger rail commuters is improved on-time performance. How do you feel about that turnaround, firstly? Well, uh, well I agree. I think that the if five years ago you look at the, 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 you know, the, the metro rail system, security was primarily was was the most, the number one concern for many of our uh, commuters. And I think that uh, we did put in measures, both as government, as at that time, South African Rail Commuter Corporation, and also I think there was, there was a constitutional court judgment which compelled both Transnet and South African Rail Commuter Corporation to, to make sure that it, we provide um, a secure uh, you know, personal security on the trains. So I think it has improved tremendously. And I would agree that the number one concern for people is, is reliability, on-time performance, convenience. And I think that's what the, the next step is all about uh, at this point in time. Mm. And then uh, that is borne out in process very own strategy, which states that uh, uh, the strategy demands that PRASA prioritizes and immediately fix Metro Rail and get it to work for the country and its citizens. And and it's proving to be rather difficult because daily, you know, uh, when we listen to our traffic reports, when we look at some of the SMSs coming through, there are many complaints around Metro Rail and a system that obviously most people people seem to want to use but you know there's the stop start and 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 it's just failing to gain momentum in any meaningful way yes i can look i think let me make the big point first i think that people are are indeed correct i think that metro rail is not delivering world-class services it's not delivering reliable services if there's anyone from metro rail would come and say we're delivering world-class services we know that they're not telling the truth the truth is that, of course, is that the metro rail has been on a serious decline since uh, the, about 1990, and that, is, that has been as a result of underinvestment. We are paying the price for that lack of investment over the years. We are paying the price for what we call deferred maintenance. We are paying the price for the failure to invest in proper railway skills, both engineer, engineering and artisans. Now, the big issue today, and I want to say uh, boldly here, uh, that 
that I don't think we're going to get Metro Rail to the level that the citizens expect. And let's be honest about it. Uh, the current Metro Rail in its current form with the old technology, the old fleet and everything. What we are doing as Prasa, our strategy is that let us take the reasonable steps. I mean, Sakina, many people from all over the world, particularly railway people, they're actually amazed. They, you know, they say, but how do you guys keep this old thing running? And, and I'll tell you now that we don't have an option of shutting it down. We, we have to keep it going uh, to serve the country. There are many people who are dependent on the system. So we've got to take reasonable steps. But we, had, we took a decision in 2010 that the current metro rail, yes, it served that during 2010. It played such an important role. But these were special events. I mean, many people used a train. But in its current form, it cannot take the country forward. It doesn't have the technology. We don't have the capacity. If you look at many cities around the world, metro rail, uh, their metro system, would carry between 60,000 and 80,000 people in a peak hour. Our metro rail struggles with 30,000 because the system is so old, the, the capacity is not right. You can't put more trains into that system without risking, you know, kill, killing people and all of those things. So I think the task for all of us as South Africans, of course, Prasa playing that leading role in this process, would be for us to join hands and create a metro system of the future. And I think that if you look at what the work we've done over the past three years, some of the new trains arriving and um, we'll talk about the features of those trains, what it means for passenger transport in the country. is a major transformation because the acquisition of the new trains is really the catalyst for for public transport uh, transformation in the in the country. But yes, I want I know it's not an easy thing to say for mm-hmm. someone who's getting w- late for work. Um, I think that if I look at how we how we've tried to keep Metro Rail running, how we're trying to keep. I mean, in, internationally the norm uh, they'll tell you that the on time performance should be around 95 percent. Uh, we can at the most, at the best, we achieve eighty five percent with a very old system. So we are in a major transition so that we can then deliver what would be a world-class uh, transport system for the people of South Africa. So there are no shortcuts. It requires all of us to work very hard, yes, with those frustrations, but I know that um, there is a plan, there's a strategy. We've invested in that money, and I think that uh, probably within the year, a year or two, we start to see, to see the, some of those new trains running and uh, mm-hmm. new signals there, new stations being built. Um, and, and so those are some of the, that is some of the work that we are doing in the country today. So I take it that is currently underway, but what is the plan? Are you starting at one end of the country, moving towards the next? How are you actually embarking on this process? Well, one of the major things we have, in fact, uh, we've bought new trains, but we've, we've already identified a major risk that is going to confront us. That risk is that uh, when we bring new trains, where are we going to put them first? There are people in Cape Town will tell you that uh, we carry, we, the, that the metro system there accounts for almost 57, 58% of the commuting public there. Uh, you've got people here saying Houting is the, what is it called, is the, is the economic hub, so you need, to start, you need to start here first. The problem is that countries that have introduced these new trains, you've seen people leaving the old trains trying to get into the new trains, which means resulting in overcrowding and some of the problems we've experienced. The other thing is that because we're not having these trains arriving all at once, now are you going to put before a new train an old train and behind it so that what about if those, if, when those broke, break down? So we, 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 we've developed and you see in our corporate plan, we said, look, we'll put 
will target services where you say on this corridor we're introducing this special service new trains supported by new signaling and our investment by the way is not only about new trains as the new we are preparing to receive these new trains we are spending about 40.2 billion rands just to make sure that we fix the signals we see the, we feed the tracks so that the tracks can carry speeds of between 120 and 160 kilometers per hour we are we are we are we are sorting out the drainage system because the new trains are not just going to arrive there's work and i think that's what we are currently busy with and uh, i think i think many people do not realize but we are involved in a revolution yes there are many problems but these problems we've inherited them and uh, they they reflect the work that we haven't done uh, unfortunately we are what is called we are we are successors entitled for all those problems we must solve them we can't we can't blame anyone in the past but they derive from the past and they affect people's ability to get to work but if you analyze uh, metro rail objectively you'll see that uh, the problems didn't start yesterday because uh, you've appointed a young man from Mamilodi. You no, know, they date from the 1990s when we're starting to feel the effects of underinvestment and lack of maintenance of our railway system. And these are not problems on the passenger side. Uh, fortunately, people make noise, they, they criticize, they complain. But if you ask uh, our sister company, Transnet, um, the cement or the coal they carry doesn't complain. But the customers, the people who uh, put the coal to go to either Richards Bay and everything, they'll tell you that in the past they used to have problems. And I think that the, between Pras and Transnet, there's massive inv- investment to create a railways of the future in the country. And um, that's another question that I'll come to later, you know, because obviously along with Prasa, you have to share, um, you know, the railway lines and what sort of impact that could have at certain points uh, when you have to actually make a decision as to which to prioritize. Do you prioritize moving goods or do you prioritize moving people? But you said something that, um, you know, got me slightly worried. You said you have no option. Um, You can't shut down the service while you are trying to implement these changes. And I immediately thought of um, the then um, education spokesperson, uh, Panyaza Lesufi, who said that they essentially changed uh, the tires, uh, the wheels while the vehicle was moving. And and, and that's a worrying thing because, again, um, you know, what sort of difficulty are you anticipating in that regard? Well, well, look, the first thing, of course, is is that... (coughs) If we look at the, if you look at what we are we are busy with, uh, the first thing, of course, is that there are people. Most of them are people who earn between two thousand five hundred. These are poor households who must get, who must access economic opportunities, job opportunities through metro rail. They can't jump into a taxi. They can't jump into a bus. Whether from affordability point of view, I think uh, um, uh, last night, if you listen to the executive mayor of Twani, he said poor household pay. A lot. Uh, they spend. Uh, uh, I think he mentioned sixty uh, percent of their disposable income uh, on, on 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 transport. So 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 that is a major issue we've got to consider. Secondly, I think that the um, the cost of replacing of shutting down uh, the railway system as it as it stands, yes, it doesn't save the country, and that we must acknowledge. Um, would be quite huge. I think if you were, uh, we there was an option to say shut down Metro Rail, build a new system. But I'll tell you that it runs into billions. Thirdly, the economic impact of that. I think that um, uh, if you look at Cape Town, if you shut the railway system, you'll paralyze the economy of, uh, of, 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 of the region there. You can't, you can't even contemplate it, uh, doing that. And, 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 and there are industries that are linked to the current 
uh, rail system. They, they employ people. If you go to places like Nigel, you go to many parts of the country, there are many people, there are many skills uh, that are linked to this industry. So we've got to be balanced in how we do. Yes, for the average commuter, perhaps the changes are not moving as fast as they wish to see, but I think that we are, we are, we are on course. And uh, I can assure you as I'm sitting here today that um, we are no longer talking about future plans. We, we, we're being on the realm of, of implementation. The 51 billion rands that we, that we, that we spoke about, we've signed that contract. Uh, as we speak, 20 of those trains are being built in Brazil. Uh, we built a factory in, in Nigel and Danata, and we spent a billion, a billion rand to build that facility to produce the trains. Uh, on the locomotive side, which um, uh, is currently in the media, you'll see that we're getting some of the first locomotives for the long-distance trains, um, the first one arriving uh, in, in November this year. So we are starting to see, to see that work uh, uh, unfolding. Well, we're in conversation with the CEO of Prasa, Lucky Montana, this morning, and we are asking, what is the future of our passenger rail system? And of course, uh, Lucky is here to answer any other questions you may have around passenger rail in South Africa. And uh, when we come back, of course, also want to look at some of that budgetary spend, um, a new uh, financial turnaround plan implemented in 2010. So we'll get to that. But more importantly, we want to get your questions out. 891 Eight is the number to dial. You can also SMS us on 34701, tweet or Facebook, AM Live on SAFM or at Sakina Kamwendo. The Forum at 8 on SAFM. It's 23 minutes after 8. The lines are open. We're speaking to Prasa CEO Lucky Montana. Uh, Prasa, of course, is the passenger rail agency of South Africa. And considering that uh, rail will form the backbone of future South African economic development, it is very important to understand and to know exactly where rail uh, is headed and also how the money is being spent. And that is what we are looking at. It's also Transport Month, so relevant all round, I would say. Let's go to the lines. Eight nine one one zero four two zero eight. John, you're in Grahamstown. Good morning. Good morning, uh, Sakina. The rail link to Grahamstown was closed by Transnet or Prasa, uh, whoever is responsible, several years ago. It's one of the earliest rail links that was established in the country. And in the meantime, now the, the station building, which is a national monument, has been completely vandalised. And all the, the even the the infrastructure, the cables and things, have been up, uprooted. It's ongoing, and Transnet Prasa have do, been doing nothing to protect their own uh, assets, mm-hmm. which are actually public assets. Okay. Uh, and uh, there, there's just no response from Transnet or Prasa. Vandals have been caught red-handed. Uh, by the police, Transnet Prasa refused to prosecute, and uh, and that infrastructure has now been totally destroyed. Okay, I'll get an answer for you to that one. Thank you so much for calling this morning, John. Uh, let's go to Vidbang. James, good morning. Good morning. Uh, I think it is the narrow gauge we have in South Africa which can affect the speed of the trains. What's that? What's the narrow gate? The, the rail, the the the, the, the oh, the, the, the uh, I see, the, I see what you mean. It's not like in Europe, you know. So the trains cannot, they cannot 
go 150 kilometers per hour and things like that. Oh, okay. I get you, James. But and we'll your, your, your guest, I know, he knows what I'm talking He about. does. And also, we'll find out uh, uh, with regard to the new infrastructure layout, you know, whether that is going to be looked into. Thanks for the call, James. Maxwell in Saldana, good morning. Good day to you, Sakina. How are you? Well, and you? Good. Uh, I want to to say hello to Lucky Montana, the CEO of Baza. Morning, morning. I need to ask him only one question. How friendly will they train be for people with disabilities, people making use of wheelchairs, people who are blind, etc., etc.? Okay. Thank you so much, uh, Maxwell. And uh, is it uh, Dylan in Cape Town? It's Dylan. Yes. Hi, Dylan. Hi. Um, I'd like to ask, uh, firstly, I'd like to congratulate Mr. Matana on actually keeping an old horse alive. Thank but um, as, a com- as a commuter um, in Cape Town, I would like to ask, I've noticed um, on the platforms that some of the construction companies are, are sort of busy you know, retrofitting the, the, the platforms and things like that. But I have noticed that you know, you've got guys with a wheelbarrow with two bricks in it, walking at an extremely slow pace, asking other commuters for cigarettes and things like that, instead of actually getting the building done. And I'd like to know what measures um, sort of executive management are taking to ensure that instead of just handing over massive contracts for building over to these construction companies, that they're holding on to task in terms of delivery, that we're not sort of fruitlessly wasting the expenditure. Okay. Thank you so much, uh, Dylan. And uh, just on that score, I saw the Business Day this morning also had a story with regard to uh, the AG's report into Prasa flouting its own rules here, Lucky Montana. And it speaks about uh, fruitless, uh, wasteful expenditure as well. So I guess that fits into what uh, Dylan is actually raising here. Well, thanks. Uh, let me let me start with uh, the point raised by Maxwell. I assume it's uh, uh, Maxwell Moss, uh, a, a former member of Parliament, uh, uh, a stalwart of him in his own right of the of the liberation struggle. I think he he has been engaging with us on this matter uh, for for years now, and we've been meeting with different organisations representing. Uh, uh, people with uh, with disabilities and, and and requiring special needs, and I can assure him that the new trains that we have, uh, they they they've been designed to be able to meet all of that. Uh, they they not only from a physical disability point of view, but both from hearing, uh, from the, from from those who who can see and on other and other systems. These are modern trains in a true sense of the word, from an accessibility point of view, from a safety point of view, from an energy efficiency uh, point of view, for for comfort. I think all of those things. I think that they've been have been packaged, and so it's a, it's a modern trains, but we say it's a trains for all the people of South Africa. So that that's very important. I must also say that with regard to what is what is there, we, you know, the Auditor General, I think it's very important for people to understand what the role of the Auditor General is. The AG doesn't, uh, uh, of course, in some instances, it will do investigations, but it audits our books. It looks as to whether the processes were followed. And naturally, when we have such massive uh, processes, you are going to have uh, shortcomings and weaknesses. I'm not, uh, I think that we always learn from the, 
from what the AG is saying, uh, uh, of course, I'm satisfied that we followed a very open, transparent, competitive uh, bidding processes. The AG sort, uh, said to us, look, there are documents. There are certain things that we think uh, are not right here. You should have got this letter of, for example, of right standing in a, in a foreign country and all of those things. Those are weaknesses that I think the AG has identified and I've accepted them. And I think that the, the Board of Press has accepted them and we are, we've got to improve on to all of those things there and and i think also with uh, what you call uh, uh, wasteful expenditure i know that in south africa when you talk about wasteful expenditure people quickly jump and think corruption but in this particular case is the bulk of that money is what we owe municipalities uh, as we say in 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 sisotu in rather in in sipedi that uh, because yeah the municipalities will give us bills then we will, for example, in some instances say, but that's not our usage. But once you move over that 30 days, interest is being charged. When the auditors come and they say, you know, that so, so yes, you want to pay within 30 days and everything, but that is assuming that everything, that the invoice you receive, you accept. If you don't accept, then you've got a problem. So I think it's very important that people out there think about what is referred to as wasteful expenditure, uh, and I think that we're trying to reduce that, to eliminate that. But with Prasa having properties all over the country, I think that uh, that becomes a major a major problem. With the history of the South African railways and harbors, you've got, for example, we found in Cape Town, where the seat would build, uh, would, would view, would see, uh, because there's been a split between the two organizations, would build Prasa. Uh, for properties that are in fact are transient properties so 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 and then of course the interest charge in all of those issues so i think that i think that we we have to take that into account but of course when the ag makes a, a finding we don't want to debate and say where well, the approach we've taken on my part and the part of the board has been the, look at that improve the controls make sure that we've got an efficient organization and we use taxpayers' money in a very responsible way. And I think that's what I want to assure South Africans, that if you look at the two biggest tenders we've done in the country, I think that uh, you go in South Africa and go abroad. People will say, you guys have done a sterling work. And I think that we are proud of what we've done, how we've managed that process as it, as it were. Let me quickly say, Saki, okay. on the two. I'm, I'm, I'm going to ask you to hold that thought. The Forum at 8 on SAFM. And, of course, uh, it's a rarity, but Rowena Bird, I believe, is in studio. Good morning. What's coming up on Morning Talk? The Forum at 8 on SAFM. On the Forum at 8, uh, we are talking about uh, the passenger rail system in South Africa. And, of course, we are hosting uh, the CEO of Prasa, Lucky Montana. Lucky, before I uh, get you to pick up that thought that I asked you to put on pause, let me just run through some of the messages coming through. Alan and PE wants to know about uh, the budget for the Apple Express as well as the Otaniqua Choo Choo and says both were huge tourist attractions with profits. What happened to those? Which is a very interesting question. And then Sipo says um, that ridiculous amount of money could go a long way towards alleviating poverty, but priorities of government favors corporate agenda. Uh, do you upgrade your car if your family is jobless, homeless and starving? But then, Sipo, you, you, you fail to factor in uh, the reality that many people uh, earning, you know, at the bottom end of the scale actually use the train to get to work. So that's an important means for them to get there. Uh, 
Uh, Anonymous says Mzansi steaming ahead into the heart of darkness. Uh, Siketi Letsi says old people used to buy tickets from 8 to 4 lucky and you made it now from 9 to 2. So the impact of that. And then on the basis of current trends, no future. Another billion rand resource has been lost to South Africa. Comrades have been successful in destruction. Terence and Kimberly says our railway uh, is very old compared to the rest of the developed countries. And Hasina Fela says uh, under Lucky Montana, Prasa is dying slowly because of nepotism and corruption and even the toilets are not working. Butman from Guatemala says uh, ask your guest, uh, do they consider reopening the train from Burgersfort via Leidenberg, Belfast to Johannesburg? And uh, Sikete, uh, I've read that one. Uh, This one here says, my biggest problem is the disrespect shown to elderly men and women who must run around stations when there's a sudden change in tracks. The announcers do not care if passengers can hear what they are saying. You've got to deal with this disdain that is shown to passengers. And then Eddie, Eddie in Wadendalsra says, uh, yes, we need a revamp. I used... uh, to use the train to visit my granny in Ellen Ridge through Wirendalsra Station. Are there plans for the small towns in your bigger plan? And this one says, can you please talk about the future of integrated ticketing for Gauteng users? So um, quite a bit to go on there. And we still have to come back and answer the questions that were posed by the callers. And by the way, the lines are still open. 891 your questions for Lucky Montana. Lucky? Thanks, thanks very much. <coughs> I'll, I'll be quick, Sakina. The, I think the decision to close the railway lines, uh, similar to the one in Grahamstown, Port Shepstone, many parts of the country, I think was a mistake. I think that at that time, of course, government was trying to restructure its assets, and they focused on what was viable, and forgot that the, you know some of those, particularly those uh, what we call branch lines today, were providing much needed access. We we allow we we enable we enable us for regional economic activity and all of those things. So it was a mistake. But let me say that uh, in our latest discussion between Pras and Transnet, we had agreed that we needed to open those lines. Most of those needs to be transferred to Prasa so that we can get them going again. So I think that's good news for us. And as we receive some of the new locomotives, uh, most of the areas that have been, particularly the small towns, mm-hmm. uh, had been neglected. We had identified already seven of the different, for example, if you look at the, the line between uh, Bloemfontein, Mahikeng, and Kimberley. It's one important line that has been closed. Uh, and I think that, yes, you may say it doesn't make money, but it's very important for connecting people, uh, including to for social as well as for, for economic purposes. So I think that there's a light at the end of the tunnel there. I think the issue of a gauge is very important. Uh, there's what you call the gauge we're using, we call it the Cape gauge, and we've got what you call the standard gauge, which is a wider gauge that the how train is using. Mm. Well, for the commuter side, which is a train that moves from Soweto to Johannesburg, the trains are too, the stations are too close to each other. You can't even run at that speed. Uh, you go internationally, even on the standard gauge, they would run those at around 1,900 kilometers per hour. So we don't have an intention in the for the metro services to expand. That is why we're buying new trains, but we are upgrading the the network. Uh, but not the change in that. However, for intercity distance, Johannesburg, Deben, uh, the Moloto Corridor, for example, is one of the options being considered. Johannesburg, Cape Town, those are long distances, high-speed railways, 
of 300 kilometers are being considered. And that's what I think, uh, when you look at intercity, it's very important so that people, when somebody leaves Kukuneland, they can get into train, get into either Pretoria or Johannesburg within the first hour or, or that kind of a thing. And that, that's what uh, the future of this uh, transport system is. It requires hard work. And I see that, um, you know, some of the comments, uh, I, I always accept criticisms when someone says, this system will die under Lake Montana. I go back and look at the mirror and say, am I doing enough? Am I doing the right thing? But also, I am very critical of um, cynical comments, which uh, you can see. The issue is that we've got to solve the problems. We've got to create the system that South Africans, both young and old, black and white, rural urban, will be proud of. We don't have that system. And, and I think that's what we have to, to join hands and create. Let me, let me finally say, of course, that... Um, People, in respect of the massive investment we're doing on infrastructure, we've got contractors. They're not necessarily processing, but of course they're contracted to us. There's, a, there's clear contracts, there's clear penalties, which we need to enforce. The guys need to deliver. They, they, these are not uh, open-ended contracts. They've got to deliver certain type of infrastructure within certain limits. I mean, if, 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 we, mm. we, if we have a contract on, on our platform, as, as an example, because we've got a project which, which we call Platform Heights or Platform Correction, to make sure that the level between the train and the platform is the same and allow for great accessibility, allow older people to be able to get into those trains with much ease. And we've implemented that across the country uh, in this thing. But we call that an occupation, which means once that work is unfolding, it means we must impose speed restrictions on our lines. So we can't afford that happening endlessly. And so I agree with the view that the productivity of our own contractors becomes very important because it affects uh, whether people get to their destination on time and with the kind of comfort that, uh, that, uh, that is there. That is very important. Mm. Yes, and I take the criticism that many of our own employees, and I say this, I go to roadshows and remind them that even if we buy new trains, <coughs> excuse me, even if we get new trains, new signalings and the new equipment, but when we don't change the people, when the customer service focus is, is, is not restored, I mean, I see a lot of people I get to the station and I always say, tell this example where an old lady comes there and she asks a question and the guys don't care. And if she criticizes that maybe, I mean, I, I saw in Bele Ombre station, our people decide to close the toilets and they use it as a, as a what is it called, as a storage room. Now, where do people go? Mm. So, so these are kind of things that people raise with us and I do visit or send people and we solve them. So, so yes, it is a challenge, but I can, I want South Africans to say, yes, we are having these problems. But the most important thing is that we have already laid the foundation of a modern train system that will serve our cities. Let me make this final point, Sakina. We are not only solving these problems because of the problems of the past. Yes, there's a problem about technology and everything. But when we look into the future, our cities are not going to work. So this railway system we're building, we're not building it for the poor. Uh, yes, there's a debate about it also, for example. But the truth of the matter is that if you look at the trend and the nature of Johannesburg, as an example, you are not going to do that without uh, bringing in, uh, increasing your investment in public transport, um, getting people to park their cars and jump into public transport. It may not be ready today, but tomorrow it will be ready. And I think South Africans psychologically must prepare for them themselves for that. And that means also implementing what we call travel demand measures, including saying, I'm going to put a lane 
for public transport. I'm going to restrict the movement of cars into certain areas so that our cities can continue to work, they can continue to be productive, they can continue to be efficient because you can't, you can't compromise that. I, I made this point last week at the launch of the Transport Month. One of the major things we face with regard to Houting and its economy is a movement of people and goods. If we don't find an efficient way we are then going to compromise the very dynamism of the economy of Houting. You don't mm. want to take, go back to the time when it took two, three hours to travel between Johannesburg and Pretoria. Now, an efficient transport system is there. It's in the public interest. And sometimes we may tell you and say, you're going to reuse your car once in a week, but we know that we've created adequate alternatives of a reliable wireless system that you can jump in and out and that the, the, the different modes of transport can complement each other as well. Mm. Just uh, before I go back to the lines, uh, Simon, Desmond, Clifford, I'll be with you in a sec. Uh, John's question about the um, upkeep, the renovation, uh, the maintenance uh, at uh, the Grahamstown station. And I just want to throw in Super Beans's uh, comment as well. It says, please tell Lucky Montana to visit Berea Station in Durban. Hey, Gunzi Malapa, can we see it being revamped anytime soon? So that process, because looking at your um, annual report, you know, you are spending quite a bit of money on uh, revamping these stations. We did 80 last year on the st- station improvement only. Uh, and you remember that the, our model station is what the president launched in Bridge City, which was an underground station, brand new station, is a modern type of station. The people in Cape Town will tell you that uh, we've invested over 500 million rents uh, to make Cape Town Station one of the best in the world, not only in South Africa. So, so we are doing that. So last year we did uh, 80. We are doing in the next three years 134 stations. And uh, some of them are just ordinary improvements to make sure that they're they're receptive to the users. But others are major developments. And I think that uh, for people in Johannesburg, they can tell you that the park station that we see today it's not a sub-park station you had three years ago. I think that is a hive of activity. We've got businesses that have located there. Uh, we're trying to make sure that the toilet system, for example, operated one single level. We are also cleaning it differently. We've got 24-hour contracts there so that people make sure that everything works. So this we're extending across the country. It's a, it's a work that we're doing. Yes, they may not have reached each and every station, but... We said we don't want people to wait for long. One of the things we've done with our station improvement program is a program that we spend on average three between three and five million to fix the most basic things: toilets, light, uh, lightning, fencing, and all of those things. I mean, Sakina, yesterday we had one of our stations banned in nuclear. Let me tell people that we had just awarded uh, a contract for improvement on that station. Already the first million rand we've spent to just get the station to be the kind of station that people want. That was a station that was banned yesterday because someone fighting over housing decided that for them to have a house, they must ban a station. And it's something that we allow and we say that we are proud that it's, a, it's part of our democracy. But this is some, some of the things that we have. One million rand down the drain and, 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 and I think that is something that we must speak about. So I can say nationally that 134 stations are in the process of being upgraded and there will be world-class stations. Cape Town Station, that's where now a lot of movies are, are being shot at that station. 
um, because it's a station that people want to see it's natural light the toilet facilities are good we've created good facilities for small businesses people who are trading so that they don't trade anywhere they want in designated areas we've given them facilities and 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 i think that is a uh, uh, you can't go to cape town without without visiting uh, uh, what is it called cape town station and equally you can't say i'm in the heart of johannesburg without visiting the beautiful park station that we that we've that we've that we've built mm. Beautiful Park Station. Owen um, Mafukele on Twitter says, Park Station resembles a dump site. And this while Lucky and his cronies are raking in big fat checks at the end of the month. Um, and let's go to the lines. Uh, Simon and Cresta, good morning. Uh, good morning, Fakina, and morning to Lucky. Morning. Uh, Lucky, uh, the key during the development, the one, one, one key factor is how you exploit commercial revenue in the stations themselves. Because we, we have been trying, and then uh, and uh, impenetrable uh, prafa to try to assist you in exploiting advertising revenue within a station, especially during development. Uh, you develop it in such a way that uh, it fits with the environment of, of your station. But but prafa has been uh, unwelcoming to 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 to, to suggest and so that we could help you. I was involved in the development of advertising, as you see, within the Houghton uh, at the airport. And uh, we were trying to, to, to make headway to try to help uh, Prasa, but, but we, are, we are sent from pillar to post. And then that could, could, could help in, 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 in the return of your investment. Uh, whatever capex you are spending, you could return it through advertising, which is clean. And then you need to develop it uh, from the early stages of your development rather than after you have implemented your station of development. Okay. Thank you so much, uh, Simon and Cresta. We'll put you back there. Desmond in Amanzimtoti, good morning. Uh, good morning, Sakina. Good morning, Sakina. Isn't it Zavantu? Um, <laughs> uh, remove that short man in the, in the, in the, in the, in the pole there. He's helping the, goal, <laughs> the goalkeeper. All right. Yes, All right. Desmond. Actually, uh, fast trains, fast trains are actually, you know, one man was left by the airplane out there in Germany, for the for the to take the plane to to South Africa from from Frankfurt, but he, he took the train that got him in time to catch the the the, 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 the airline to to South Africa. We need those fast trains because between Durban and 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 Durban and, and, and Johannesburg, reduce it to about five to four hours from Johannesburg to Durban so that people can jump on those trains and Cape Town to have a bit of faster train so that people can jump on it. And also, please, bring the school children on, 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 on tourism on wheels. To, to, when schools are closed, vacation, they go to Table Mountain, they go to the Union buildings. Oh, children, they learn a lot when they travel on trains. During okay. vacation. Thanks. All right. Thank you so much, Desmond. Sebastian in Cape Town. Good morning. Uh, your speaker indicated that um, lines that have been closed are to some extent going to be reopened. But my question is, is there going to be a 100% restoration of lines that have been uh, improperly closed without proper foresight or planning? 
And my second uh, question is, why has there been so much expenditure of buying rolling stock overseas, which means uh, jobs that could have been created in South Africa being created overseas, and there's probably been a negative impact on the rand exchange rate for all the because of all the money going overseas. Uh, and uh, but reverting to my first question, besides restoring what we once had and has been lost, are there any plans to expand the local uh, local line net- networks by bringing uh, new lines into being? All right, thank you, Sebastian. Maybe we can start with that question. Well, <coughs> let me let me. I, I want to start with the advertising one quickly. I know that they'll okay. take the number to engage. I think um, it was, was Simon. It, uh, Simon, but if you look at the financial statements you'll see that process making tremendous progress. In fact, that if you look at our investment property, uh, three years ago, we were just getting about uh, 300 million rands. Um, with evaluation and other work and acquisition, we've increased our investment property to, to, to over 924 uh, million rands. In this current uh, financial year, we've got our investment property sitting at 2.5 a billion rands. One of the things we have targeted, of course, is advertising in that space. We've been doing work, including taking out some of the long-held contracts that were there where we're not getting money. And uh, I think Simon would be aware that we have been taken to court by some of the companies who have been making more money than our company out of our own assets. And we re- we reawarded the contracts, uh, but they've taken us to court in terms of that. But I'll engage to hear the, some of the ideas that are there. Prasa is not. Um, people say that we, we, we are not the same company. Eight years ago when I joined this company, it was worth 7 billion rands, the value of the assets. Today we are sitting on assets worth 36 billion rands. And the numbers are there, they are audited, and we can see that we actually we keep on increasing the value of the assets as it were. But real estate is very important for us to finance. Mm. Uh, what is it called? The uh, the the Our own business. Because we there's a limit to which you can increase first. So the real estate side, how you unlock the value of the properties. And I think we've got a massive uh, program, including buying back some of those high-yielding development leases that we may have been signed 20, 30 years ago. So I think we're making progress there. I want to say to the, uh, to, 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 in regard to the, uh, to the uh, lines that we closed. Mm. Yes, I think that they are not, look, these lines are different parts, different stages of, um, the, rather their conditions. I think that some of them have deteriorated to such an extent that uh, it may be very costly to even restore some of those. Because some of these lines, let's not forget, we're going there to service a small farming community. Okay, and and I'm not saying that you shouldn't do that, but you you also then have to look at the economies economics of that. Where do you allocate your your resources? And let's bring back some of the things that used to be done in many countries. That still in many countries in small towns they combine freight and passenger in one train. We want to run a specific a, 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 a train for passengers in in small towns, a, a small a separate train for freight. It's, it's proved to be costly and not workable. So I think that, for example, if you take a train in the Western Cape, for some of those farming communities, they want to take their produce, um, their, their, um, their um, uh, fruit to, to the port of Cape Town. Surely that you can put three or four on to four, four for those and then put uh, two coaches for people. It has, done, it has worked before. So I think that we have to look at those, mm. some of those things that are there. And I think that the lines that we must open must be influenced uh, by, by, by that. But I've said that we have identified that as Prasa, we are focusing on two extreme markets. 
the commuter side, which is served by Metro Rail, which is people going to to and from work. But then there's also the long distance side. But we find that the regional services, there's a lot of movement. We've analyzed yeah. Limpopo as an example. There's a lot of movement of people within Limpopo, not between uh, Limpopo and Johannesburg, within Limpopo. They are not provided with transport. So one of the major things is when you look at Limpopo, you look at Nelspreet, you look at the part of the Eastern Cape. The regional movement of people is so important and it's not catered for. So we've got to direct our resources for that. But yes, we've got to restore those lines. We, we, need, we need to get them working. Yes, they're being vandalized. Uh, in, uh, I think that we saw recently in Nigel, people cutting a railway line that was not as always active. But I'll tell you now that what it has done. When people cut on that line, took some of the rails. We've got about eight trains that have been refurbished that are sitting in effect. We can't take them. Each of those trains will do about eight trips a day. Each of those trips in the peak will take up to eight, mm. 1,800 people. So you can see the impact of, of not taking care of, you, of the infrastructure. But, but it's something that we are doing. Unfortunately, the people who are not going to win in the short term are people who want to do on, do, go on the tourism line. What we are saying there is that we want the private sector to invest in some of those, but we'll give them licenses or the right to operate on some of our lines and they can, de- so they can do the investment. would that in part answer Alan's question about uh, the Otoniqua Chuchu and the Apple Express, that yes, you no, want no. the private sector yes, to no. come and into I th- that? I know that the pride of the people there, but I'll tell you that in the process budget, we haven't budgeted for that because uh, we think that the private sector should run those, uh, should run those efficiently and uh, and raise the demand. And I think I think that uh, that we as Prasa we must give them access to the network on an mm. affordable pri- on affordable basis, and and we think that uh, that uh, tourism market can thrive. Lucky, so much more to talk about, but unfortunately we're out of time. I mean, you look at this massive infrastructure spend and, uh, you know, the question is, of course, uh, just how are you going to uh, secure all of this, given that we were talking earlier about uh, cable theft and the impact of all of that, but of course a conversation for another day. And uh, the message that's coming through very strongly is that Prasa is not communicating effectively. So I'm going to leave that with you. And uh, also uh, the issue of education with, again, all of this infrastructure rollout, uh, is there a need for a, a special a school of sorts, maybe a vocational training center where people will specialize in um, vocations pertaining to rail? And uh, those are some of the questions that we'll pick up again on uh, at a later stage. Yes, Agina, I, I just want to say... No, you the, can't say anything. I just want to say, emphasize, Agina, <laughs> the people must know that we must join hands to build this new system. That's that's all that I'm okay. saying. Okay, and that's where we're going to leave it. Lucky Montana, the CEO of Prasa with us this morning. Thanks for your participation as always and also to the production team for making sure it all went out loud and clear. The Forum at 8 on SAFM.